experience the reality of the gospel and receive light, life, and the joy of the Holy Ghost. As you listen to today's message, Danny Doku, a real blessing to you. Hello, it's a Friday evening once again, and we are here on Believer's Gazette. It's a Believer's Journal, meaning Gazette New Journal, where this is a digital journal, of course, where we publish the simple truth of the gospel so that it can help you grow thereby. And all this month in October, we have been talking about the book of Philippians. It's an expose on the book of Philippians. We said this episode is one of the last epistles that Paul wrote. He wrote it out of prison and he wrote it to encourage the church of Philippi. That is why the epistle is known to be the joy epistle or the epistle of encouragement. And I know that as we finish, you'll be encouraged. You can go back and watch the last two episodes which I told I gave an expose on chapter 1 and chapter 2. Today, we are going into chapter 3. Take your Bibles with me, or you can follow on the screen. Take your notebook, make some notes, and after you are finished, a good Christian, you will go back and check and read through again. And you may even get more revelation than what I have. Glory to God. It's a powerful book. Let's go. Are you ready? Philippians chapter 3. I'm not chapter 3. It said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. He said, finally, my brethren, he's trying to finish his letter. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, joy epistles, so you got to rejoice in the Lord. So he said, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you, it's not tedious. He said, don't, don't be tired of hearing me say the same things over and over and again. But for you, it is safe. It is safe for you for the things that you have been taught to be repeated to you once again. Don't say, I've listened to a message last year. I don't need to listen to it again. You gotta listen to it again because it is safe to hear it over and over and over. If Paul wished he could have written more, 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 more letters reminding them of the things. So he said, To you, don't let it be tedious. Rejoice. Hallelujah. For me to repeat these things, they are for you. So it is safe. Then verse 2 he said, Beware of dogs. He's writing to the church. Then he said, Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. These are dogs. And the dogs are not one outside. There were dogs in the church. He said, Beware of dogs. Dogs in the sense of not physical dog and animal, but these are human beings that were behaving and bringing trouble in the church of Jesus Christ. He said, Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilations. They beware. You see, when you are in church, open your eyes. There are people who want to cause trouble in church. There are people who want to cause division in church. And don't be the kind of person that will cause trouble and division and cause pain to a pastor, cause pain in the church, destroy things in the church. Don't do that. So Paul is telling us, let's beware. Let's open our eyes and say, beware of those, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more. Paul said, don't, don't have confidence in the flesh. We are not the people who have confidence in the flesh. 
They don't have confidence in your flat. Don't have confidence in your bank account. Don't have confidence in your degree. Don't have confidence in your uh, beauty. Don't have confidence in your marriage. Don't have confidence in your uh, achievements in life. You see, we have those who do not have confidence in the flesh. Our confidence is in Christ Jesus. Now that we are born again, everything else really doesn't matter. Though we have achieved a lot, but our real confidence is in Christ Jesus. Because the things of the flesh can pass away, but everything that is of God will never pass away. Glory to God. Then Paul is not saying that, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I I am also. So Paul was not a nobody who left and came to preach Jesus. People think that people who preach Christ Jesus or become pastors are people who failed in life and didn't know what they were about and decided that, okay, since I failed in life, let me go and preach. The preaching of the gospel is not for failures. It's not for those who fail. Look at the people that Jesus called. Everybody that Jesus called was already doing something and were successful in what they were doing before Jesus called them. God doesn't call failures. Hallelujah. The gospel is not for failure. So Paul is saying that, don't, don't look at me as I have nothing to boast about. I have a lot to boast about. So if people want to boast, I will also have things to boast about. But I'm warning you, I'm telling you, don't, be, don't have confidence in the flesh. Because me to have a lot of things I can boast about. And let's look at what Paul said. Uh, verse 5, he said, circumcised on the eighth day. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He didn't pass exactly in the Jewish culture when the son is born, circumcised on the eighth day. He said, it was done on the eighth day. Of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, he comes from the tribe of Benjamin. He said, a Hebrew of Hebrews. When he comes to a Hebrew, he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Do you know what it is to become a Pharisee? It takes a whole lot of hard work to become a Pharisee. Paul studied under Gamaliel, one of the top scholars, and he became a Pharisee. So Paul was just not a nobody. It's like Paul had gone to Harvard, Harvard, Harvard uh, University. He was not just a nobody. He was a scholarly man. Can I get a very big amen? He said, concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, he said, when it came to zeal, he was very zealous. He was so zealous that he persecuted the church. Are you that zealous? So he had so much zeal that he persecuted the church. Say, concerning zeal, persecuted the church. Concerning the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. He said there is a righteousness which is of the law. Every requirement of the law, Paul obeyed it. Paul was like the rich young ruler who came to Jesus. Jesus said, have you done it? He said, yes, I've done it. Have you done it? He said, yes, I've done it. He had fulfilled all the requirements of the law. It was not easy. But he went through it. That is a disciplined man. Paul, he had fulfilled all the requirements of the law. But that is the righteousness that is according to the law. Just like the rich one. No wonder he was free. A very disciplined young man. He fulfilled all the requirements that is of the law. He said, don't convert. He won't do it. Don't do this. He won't do it. Don't get this. He won't do it. Do this. He will do it. Everything that we got. He said that I am blameless when it comes to the righteousness that is according to the law. But what things were gained to me? This I have counted loss for Christ. He said, what what things? You have been to Harvard. You have been to this soul. It's good. It's in the flesh. But don't don't let it let you look down upon anybody. He said, but all these were gained to me. This I have counted for loss for Christ. He said, when I received Christ, all this really didn't matter to me anymore. 
Yet I indeed also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus by my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from faith, which is from God by faith. Glory to God. He said that he doesn't count all these things anymore, but to attain the excellency of Christ, he counts all these things for loss. What have you achieved? That you are in so much in Christ Jesus that you cannot count it as loss. People brag about their, their achievements in this life as though that is all there is. There's nothing wrong in getting a PhD. There's nothing wrong in getting an award. There's nothing wrong in, in, in achieving and having ambitions and fulfilling them. But when it comes to Christ, you can't compare those things in Christ. Paul said, when it comes to this, I also have things to be confident about in the flesh. But I counted all things, Lord, so that I can gain what we call the knowledge of the excellency of Christ. He has to gain that. And that is the most important thing to him. You can be the most wealthy man on earth. You can be a millionaire, billionaire. But if you, that is what your confidence is, is in, then you are in big trouble. Our confidence must be in Christ and that we are seeking to know him more and his knowledge. Hallelujah. So you seek the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You compare to this thing, you count it as done. Glory to Jesus. Then verse 10, he said that I may, verse, uh, verse 10 said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I might attain to the resurrection from the dead. He's saying that I count all these things as dank, or I do not I count it as rubbish. You can't count these things all as rubbish. The most important because you can't take your certificate to heaven. You can't take all your houses to heaven. You can't carry all the money here to heaven. So he said that these things are really nothing to me. He said that that when he wants to count the things which are more important, he said that I may know him. That is a prayer. That I may know him. Look at Paul. This is one of his last letters. This is importantly know God. He wanted to know God more. The more you know God, the more you get to know Christ, the more you want to know him. So he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That you experience the power of his resurrection. God's power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. He wanted to see that power at work in his life. Are you ready to see that? That God wrought his power and raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It is called the power of his resurrection. He said, Paul said, I want to experience that power of his resurrection. These are the things that you should crave for. That you experience the power of his resurrection. And he said, and the fellowship of his sufferings. If Christ suffered, then I have to fellowship. I have to also suffer for the sake of the gospel. What have you suffered for the sake of the gospel? If you have suffered nothing for the sake of the gospel and all you're doing is looking for the applause of men, awards, uh, um, what again, building, this, that, which is good in the flesh. But in the spirit, we count it as nothing. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't achieve anything in the world. You should achieve, but don't let that be what your confidence in is in. Let your confidence in being that you are knowing him and seeking the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of 
his suffering. Then he said, being conformed to his death, if by any means I might attain the resurrection from the dead. He's saying that so that when the trumpet sounds, even if I'm dead, I will rise up again. I will also see myself resurrecting from the dead. Glory to God. That is what Paul is looking at. Because one day, the dead in Christ shall rise. And if you died in the, in, in the Lord, you will rise and say, I want to attain that resurrection from the dead. That is the most important thing that Paul is looking up to. Then verse 12, he said, Not that I have already attained or I'm already... He said, Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may hold on of that which in, in Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He said, I did not see myself to have attained anything. I don't see myself to have been perfected. Don't get to a place where you are complacent in your Christian walk. That, oh, I'm there. You are not there yet. Hallelujah. He said that I may press on. There is a pressing on that God wants you to press on. That you may lay hold of what which is in Christ Jesus. And what also laid hold for, for, for me. So Paul is saying that we should press on so that we can lay hold on what is in Christ Jesus. There's a certain laying hold. When you lay hold in the spirit, you can know that you have laid on something substantial in the spirit so that you will see that glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, he said, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. He said that this word helps me. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward for those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the price of the upward calling. King James, uh, King James said, for the high call that is in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I do not see myself to have apprehended. I'm not yet there. This is Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul in his time said he had not seen to him he's there. How about us? How much of Jesus do you know? Don't read small Bible and think you are there. We are all not there. He said, I don't see myself to have apprehended. He said, what helps me is that I forget about the former thing, both good and bad. There are good things that you do in Christ Jesus that may becloud you and becloud your mind to think that you are already there. Maybe you have prayed 10 hours. Maybe you have read through the Bible two times or three times or even 10 times. So you think that that is all. Paul said, no, it's of old. As long as it's past, it's past. You must look forward for the price of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. So you gave in church, big seed, glory to God, it's past. He said, I do not see the things that are behind me. I try to forget it, both good and bad. Somebody hurt you last year, forget it, it's past. Somebody did something to you in the church, forget it, it is past. There's something that you try to do and it failed, forget it. He said, you did it and you failed, it's past now. Try toward to look up for the upward call. There is a high calling in Christ Jesus. He said, look up to that call. He said that I may look up for reaching out forward to those things which are ahead. There are things that are ahead of you. Glorious days are ahead of you. If you experience glory, there are more glorious days ahead. If you experience some bad things, there are glorious days ahead of you. So you forget. Let's, let's try and forget the pain. Let's try and forget some of the good things that we have done that may make us to plateau. Because there is a higher calling in Christ Jesus. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the price of the up call, up call of God in Christ Jesus. 15. 15 says, let us 
as many as are mature have this mind. And if any, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Let me read it again. 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. Look at Paul. He's saying that some of you may think otherwise, but this is for the mature. But if any will think otherwise, he prays that God will reveal this to them, that there are more glorious things ahead. There is a high calling and there is a price that you must work toward. Glory to God. There is a nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. To the degree, to a certain degree, you have attained something. But let us be of the same mind. Verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those and note those who so walk as you have as you have asked for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you of sin, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross. Wow. Paul's days? These are guys who were with Paul. He said, brethren, follow us. Some of the men say, imitate us as we imitate Christ. He said, for I am an example. Follow us as a pattern. A man of God is one that lays his life down and follow Christ so that the people can look and follow as well. So Paul said that we are an example. We are a pattern. So follow. For many work of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. There are people who started in Christ. Today, they are the enemies of Christ. There are people who love God. Today, they don't love God. There were people who followed Paul. To, to, that time, they stopped following Paul and they began to preach against Paul. We see it in our time. There were times that I read these scriptures. I never thought that I could see it in my time. And I have seen it. I have seen people mock me. People who sat under my feet and learned. Today, they say they have higher revelation, so they mock me. It's part of it. It's part of the work. He said that they have become enemies of the cross of Christ. Thinking that they have gotten a new revelation. Anything that you preach that will make another brother, another man of God, look stupid. You are, you are attacking. He said you have become an enemy of the cross. And these were people who followed Christ. And it's now all over the world. Everybody has something to expose about a man of God. In the name of, we have repented that we have seen the light. What light did you see? Paul saw the light where he met Jesus Christ on the road of Damascus. We saw the evidence of his ministry. If you see light, you see the evidence of the ministry. It pulls many, it doesn't scatter the body of Christ. If it's building, it will build upon what has already been done. Glory to God. May you not become an enemy of the, of, of the cross. May you stay strong in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Verse 19. Whose end is distraction? He's predicting their end. Oh, Jesus. Today, if a man of God said, he said he has cursed them. Yeah, he has cursed them. But there is a way that seemeth right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. You cannot come against the church. You cannot come against what God is doing. Try to scatter it and it will end well. It doesn't work like that. He said, whose end is distraction? 
whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame. There are people who now preach just because of what they will get physically. Although Christianity is about our physical uh, appearance and the things we get physically in the earth realm, that is not it. They have become enemies of the Christ, uh, of Christ. Some people are looking in our days now. We'll put it in our days concept, uh, contest. They are looking for Facebook likes. They are looking for people to love them. They are looking for YouTube views. <laughs> so they know they won't get it. So they have to put a, a big man of God's name into the picture. And when they put it there, they say, "This man of God exposed." Then people come and listen to them. But that is so wrong. That is not how to build on the on the, on the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He said, these people, their end is destruction. Whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame. What they thought is glorious becomes their shame. Who set their mind on earthly things? Not on the things of Christ. You have to have money. You have to have money now. Money now. It's not about money. There are people who are not serving God. They have a lot of money. They don't serve Christ, but they got money. So it's not all about money. We are not in the kingdom to get money. All those things are bonus. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. The things that Gentiles seek for. That should tell you that that is not the main thing. These are additions after seeking God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. So that we don't get into that place where we think that because we don't have a car, because we don't have so and so money in our account, then we, 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 are, we, are, we are not of God. You are of God. Glory to God because you are born again. So our work is not because of our belly. Some people preach, do things because of what they get. It's not because of what we get. There are times pastors go hungry. There are times pastors go through trouble. There are times as a believer, you go through trouble. But he said, count it all joy when you go through diverse temptations. Glory God. Because whatever you are going through now, you are going to come out of it. Hallelujah. Verse say, who set their mind on earthly things? Then verse 20, Paul now makes you to understand. He said, for our citizenship is in heaven. You are not going to be a citizen in heaven when you are born again. Your citizenship is now and your citizenship is in heaven. He's trying to tell you that if you hold American passport, it's good. If you hold Ghanaian passport, it's good. You hold British passport, it's good, it's equally good. And if you hold Nigerian passport, it's good. And he's saying that these ones are good, but our real citizenship is in heaven. So we don't put so much on, 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 on athletes because our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it will be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to substitute all things for himself. He's saying that our citizens in heaven will not look at earthly things because one day Jesus is going to come back. And all the things you are trying to build in this earth, you can be a pastor and all you're trying to do is to build a big ministry all for yourself. But all must be because of Jesus. Everything we build. Is good in the entrance, but what are we doing in building the kingdom of God? He said, knowing that one day when the Lord Jesus appears, this our body, lonely body, will be transformed to a more glorious body. 
according to the working by which he is able to even substitute all things for himself. The one that is able to substitute all things for himself can even substitute our lonely body for his glorious body. And that is what we are looking at. Don't polish your body beyond your spirit. Don't look at this body every time, your body, 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 body. Because one day this lonely body will graduate, will be substituted for the glorious body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in that body, there'll be no pain. In that body, there'll be no sickness. In that body, you'll never feel a headache. You'll never feel tired because that is a more glorious body. That's what John saw. He said, when we see him as he is, so shall we be. Hallelujah. As he is, so shall we be. And that is why he said we should put our minds on the things above, not on the things in the earth. Does that mean that we should stop doing everything we have to do in the earth? No. Continue. But that shouldn't be our main focus. It should lead us rather to looking out for the things that are about more and more and more. And this is what Paul wrote to the, to, to the church of Philippi, admonishing them, telling them. And in chapter 3, you could see how he put on admonishing them to be beware of dogs, to beware of those who call division. Then he comes back in that same chapter 3 to let them understand how they must press toward the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Then he ends up by letting know that you guys are citizens in heaven. You are citizens in heaven. Don't think too much here. You are citizens in heaven. And one day, this lonely body will be given a more glorious body. And as a matter of fact, that is what we are looking up to to the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he puts it, he said, they that look out for his appearing, they purify themselves, even if, even as himself is pure. Jesus Christ will come soon. What have you laid down for the work of the ministry? All you did was to care about you and your family. All you did was to care about you and your work and you, 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 you all together to pile up money in the bank? No. We would have pushed so much for the work of the gospel. Last week we learned about Epaphroditus, who even worked for the for God till he almost reached the place of death. And he said, These are people we must highly esteem. Hallelujah. This is what Paul wrote. And we are going to end here in chapter 3. And you go back there and read it for yourself and get more revelation. And I pray that you walk in the light of it. I pray. That in your local assembly, the word of God will enlighten your mind so that you will learn to beware of those that cause division in the church and separate yourself from them. You will learn to press toward the high calling in Christ Jesus, not looking at the things you have achieved in this world. I pray that you will know that you are a citizen of heaven and you will work towards it in Jesus' mighty name. I bless your weekend. May your weekend be blessed. May your children be blessed. May your water be blessed. May your food be blessed. Anything you need in the weekend, I pray the Lord will supply your need according to His riches and glory.